what is normal, what's abnormal, what's, what's flesh, what's spirit. How, how do we move past everything that sometimes we've been taught just to realize that it, it just doesn't add up? And if being saved just means coming to church, what more do we have? How, how, how does Christ really come alive inside of you? And you start making a difference, not only in your own life, but the people's lives that you're connected to. Because something so precious, something so valuable, should not be something that we keep behind these four walls. Isn't that right? And listen, God specializes in using Messed up people. Right? 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 He specializes in taking the abnormal and making it normal. But then to the world, it seems abnormal. Right? It's it's amazing the transformation that transpires in, in your life. To... Truly begin this journey, you have to understand how you're made. Because one of the biggest problems that we face is knowing how to deal with conflict in our life. Say amen. How to deal with all of these emotions. How many of you ever experienced somebody's emotion? I wrote this. What is abnormal long enough in a person's life becomes the normal. So years of abuse can become normal, right? Years of thinking one way can become normal. Addiction can become normal in someone's life. Violence can become normal. Do you know that you can lie so much that it becomes normal for you? Can you say amen? Getting up the same way every day can be normal. Do you know that being married can just be normal? Somebody say, not in my house. (laughs) You know, going to church can just be normal. Can I tell you that just being normal can be a death sentence for a lot of people? To just be normal can be the acceptance of this is how it is. This is the way it's always been and the all, always how it's going to be. I've had people tell me I've been this way my whole life. I'm not going to change. To just be normal for some people is to be more comfortable living in their past and living in pain instead of learning how to live with the pain. There's a big difference. Sometimes, and I won't go back and recap, and I appreciate it. I got a ton, man, man. I got a ton of messages from last week, and so I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that. It let me know maybe I, I did all right, but uh, I had more people said I must have carried you in the back room and was talking to you personally. <laughs> so that's, that's a good thing because when you learn to live in your pain, it becomes normal because it can be easier to be who life has made you than whom God is trying to get you to understand you can be. He's a good God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Somebody say what a powerful name. So the first thing I want you to do is uh, I want you to, and I know it's a little bit awkward, but if nothing else, look at your, your wife, your girlfriend, or somebody you know, and just simply say you were safe today. You're safe. There's no prophetic word that's going to expose what you've been doing all week (laughs) or what you've said. You're safe. Uh, God is a coverer, not an exposer, right? You should feel safe when you come to church, right? It's a safe place. So how are we created? Genesis 1 verse 27 says this, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Now say that with me, male and female. 
he created them. So one scripture says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Do you know that tasting is an experience in life? So when I, I'm a foodie, so when, when I taste something and it, and it tastes good, I want to know how it's made. I try to figure out the ingredients. You know what I mean? If I sit at a table and somebody's giving me a new salsa, I, I'll taste it. And, and I'll try to figure it out. I'll even ask the, the, whoever brings it, maybe they might know. I might miss an ingredient. And when I get all those ingredients right, man, I feel so smart. <laughs> well, a lot of times they have a secret ingredient, you know what I mean? But I, I like, I enjoy that. Can, can I tell you that the scripture is emphatically clear? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. To taste something, you should really want to know how it's made. God created us in his own likeness, in his own image. Uh, sometimes in, in counseling or marriage counseling, I'll ask the person, you know, have you tasted each other? Because you should know how that person is made. Hmm? And all these feelings that God puts inside of us, can I tell you that although some people have told you that you are not normal, for the most part, you're normal because you're created like your father. You understand? All those feelings that we have are not necessarily bad feelings. But sometimes these emotions, say this with me, we do not live in pain. We learn to live with the pain. How I many you know that you go through a hard time, but you still got to pay your bills, right? So even though you might be messed up, you got to get up and you, you got to go to work, right? For those of you in school, you can't miss but so much school or you fail, right? So there's this process of learning to get up in spite of what is happening with you. That's not always easy to do. It's not always an easy thing to, to, to face those issues, but how do we get around it? Well, one of the reasons that I spoke last week and I said you have to start looking somewhere else for strength in the manner that if you stay in that bed, how many of you know that if you stay in that bed and you put your head between your legs that nothing changes in your life? And no matter how sorry you are for yourself, no matter how many tears you cry, no matter how long you live in that regret, nothing changes in your life until you're first of all willing to get out of bed. It don't change. You can hurt, you can hurt, you can hurt, you can hurt, but there are some things in this life you cannot change. You have to learn to accept it. You don't let that pain be something that controls your life. In spite of that pain, you've got to get up. Right? Because if you lay there, nothing will change in your life. It don't just fall out of the sky. There are no magical potions. You know? I can bring you up here and pull, on, pull oil over your head, but you'll leave the same way. We get better by becoming servants. If you want to be great in this life, the scripture says that you, first of all, must be a servant. In other words, when you start caring more about others, then it will take your focus off of what your troubles are. Right? You'll learn to live with what has happened. Because when you start calling something abnormal, that's actually normal. I want you to hear me. When you start calling something abnormal, that is normal. See, if there's a tragedy in your life, if you've experienced heartfelt pain, and we shouldn't make light of somebody's pain. Come on, talk to me. Right? You, you lose something that you love. Whether it's a marriage that ends or whether it's a child that's lost or whether it's a mother that has passed. There, there, there's all these feelings inside of us. And listen, when you go through something that, that harms you or hurts you, 
No one should ever tell you that the way you feel is abnormal. The problem that we have in this society is that we, we, we've been sold this bill of goods that if we feel bad, we must have a mental disorder. If something has hurt you or harmed you and, and you feel it and you, and you know it, that it hurts you, Nobody should walk up to you and tell you that you don't have a right to feel the way you feel. And then try to alter that by giving you something chemically to make you feel better that in the long run makes a slave out of you. Are you listening? We're the most addicted nation in the world because we can't deal with our feelings. Come on, talk to me. We don't know how to deal with our pain because we've been sold this bill of goods that we shouldn't feel the way that we feel. I want to tell you when you hurt, the reason why you hurt is because God put those feelings inside of you because he knows what that should mean to you. And if you walk around and you don't have any feelings, that's when you become a psychopath. And some of you are borderline psychopaths. Because you got that wall up. Man. Ain't nobody else going to hurt me. Mm-mm. So every relationship you get into, that there's this, this wall that somebody has to take a, a sledgehammer to start trying to knock down that wall. Because ain't nobody going to hurt you. Some of you can get hurt in church and make Jesus pay for it. Hmm? Let me tell you something. Jesus is innocent of the way that people represent him. And you shouldn't find fault with him because somebody misrepresents who he is. Can you say amen? All right? Building walls. You get, you get hurt. And, and, and if you're not careful, you, you'll, you'll let the creativity that God has placed inside of you, you'll let it just wane away because you're scared of rejection or you're, you're scared to be... Go for it, people. Come on. Somebody say, well, I've been in seven relationships and none of them have worked. Well, eight's going to be better for you. But after seven, you might want to, like, look on the inside. You know what I mean? It might not be everybody else's fault. Right? One, maybe two, we give you the benefit of the doubt. Seven, there's definitely something wrong with you. It could be, it could, it, it could be you. No, no one should try to make you feel as though something is wrong with you. When you hurt. The power of the gospel. Is not to just take away your pain. It's to show you that. Bad things can happen to good people. But in spite of that. God can give you a peace that passes all understanding. That if you will keep your mind stayed on the Lord. He will give you perfect peace. There's, 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 there's power there. But in order to receive that power, you have to cross over from flesh to spirit. Because flesh can't understand the things of God. Only spirit can. Love your enemies. Be good to them that despitefully use you. What you talking about? Love my enemies is clarified with putting them in a rear naked choke and making them go unconscious, Chris. Right? I'm not there yet. Neither are you. I'm still trying to be like Jesus, right? Don't leave me out here hanging. Somebody shout. Yeah, me too. Right? Right? Love your enemies? Wow, that don't make any sense. Do good to them that despitefully use you? That don't make no sense. What are you asking of me? And then I realized that it doesn't show my weakness to love my enemies. 
It actually shows my strength. And then this revelation comes. And I realize that when I love my enemies and I do good to those that despitefully have used me, then I keep control of my own emotions. And I never allow the enemy to make a puppet out of me. Are you listening? And that's a hard pill to swallow. Because if you cut me, I bleed red blood. I want to bust you in the nose. Right? Can you say amen? amen? Let me say it better in Jesus' name. <laughs> right? But can I tell you that whoever makes you so mad that it begins to torture you and torment you, Means that they have more control over your life than you do yourself. Are you listening to me? God gave us all these emotions because he created us to be like him. Anger, jealousy, envy, hate, fear, love. Make no mistake about it. They're part of us. Every last one of them. They are. Do you know that anger can be extremely healthy in your life? Somebody say, "Woo! praise God. I'm the healthiest person I know. Somebody say, I like this pastor. Somebody sent me a, a little thing, uh, apron that says, uh, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little bit. <laughs> then I saw why highly intelligent people cuss a lot. And I said, you know what? My wife is the smartest person I know. <laughs> don't you tell her I said that. It's a joke. She don't say bad words. Don't you rat me out. That was clearly just for comedy right there. Don't, don't say nothing. Do you know that some things in your life won't change unless you get angry? Because anger can be healthy to you to break out of being complacent about, about things in your life that shouldn't be there. Anger is a wonderful thing if you use it correctly. It has to be correctly. You know, the Bible's clear. Mark 3 verses 5. Jesus is there in the temple. Man, he's about to heal this guy. And he looked around at them in anger. And, and, and deeply. Now say that word, deeply. He was distressed at their stubborn hearts. Now, he's talking about Jesus. Jesus. You done made Jesus mad. The Lamb of God. Jesus, you made Jesus mad. You know, I, I know a few people, and I and I say this: if you make them mad, there's something wrong, because it takes an act of Congress to get them mad. Now, for most of us, you can look at us wrong. You know, like what? <laughs> like a 93 year old man cuts in front of you in line. You're like. Hey, I was here first. Well, I didn't pay for his food before he dies. Come on. Why you won't be so angry? You ever seen people you just look at them and just tell they're angry? Like a fight at the drop of the hat, take their hat off and drop it, you know? They're just angry. You cannot get anywhere in this life just being angry. Jesus was mad and to the extent that, that, that because he was going to heal this man and they were looking that fine fault because it's on the Sabbath and, and Jesus himself just said, you know what? Stretch your hand out. And he healed the guy. And he was angry because of their stubborn hearts. That they cared more about their tradition than they did this man being healed. 
That's like a lot of people caring more about being right than what right does in destroying other people. Hmm? Yes, sir, you might be right. You might win that argument, but then she don't talk to you for three days. Hmm? It's getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. Right? Being right sometimes doesn't necessarily mean starting World War III. Come on, say amen. Jealousy. Exodus 34, 14 says this. It says, do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is what? Jealous. He is a jealous God. And some of you men thought your wife was possessed. She ain't possessed. She's just like the creator. And if she sees you looking at something you ought not to look at. Talk to me. Come on, talk to me, right? That's not her being obsessive. She's just acting like her father. She don't want your attention drawn to something else. Right? And I'm going to get there. She don't. God's a jealous God. Some people think that being jealous is evil. It's not evil. It can be evil, but it's not evil. When you learn to separate flesh from spirit, right? There's some things in this life you ought to be jealous over, right? Right? God said, I'm a jealous God. If I catch you worshiping something else. Now, let me, let me, let me tell you. Jealousy has this tendency. See, And let's just go by flesh. When a man begins to love something, and he loves it so much that it draws his attention from the very thing that he's supposed to give his attention to, then the thing that he loves is the thing that the wife will hate. She'll learn to despise it. That's why for so many years, Women in ministry, especially traditional ministries, didn't like the church because they knew that the church and everything that came with the responsibilities with the church often meant that they sat in, in, on a back row, so to speak, and their husband had to give all his attention to everything else but them. That's why a lot of women started despising being in ministry. That's why some of these girls, when they grew up, and they grew up in pastors' homes, when they were asked, you're going to marry a pastor? They didn't just say no. They put the emphasis on it, right? <laughs> I love my, my kids, but I, I knew mine won't go in the ministry. <laughs> I got one back there right now, and nope, ain't happening. And, and, and so... Because there's, you, you have to have some, some balance in life. When you give too much attention to something, then it's almost like you worship that. And listen, in a home, you can't have more than one queen inside one house. Come on, talk to me now. So attention is something that, that, that women... They need, not only do they need that, that is because that's the way the creator made a woman. So you can have a really wealthy guy that works really hard, that, 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 that brings in the bacon. I mean, he has a lot of money and he can buy that woman gift after gift after gift. And, and you know what? Most women, they love pretty things, you know, they, they love all of that, and, and it's going to mean something for, for a while. But then after a while, if, if the only thing that man ever does is bring that gift and bring that gift. Listen, you can bring a woman a pretty gift, but there will come a moment where she doesn't want to be a, 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 a She doesn't want just a pretty gift. She wants to be pretty. You hear me? You can, you can, you can do all that you, and, and lay it out. But, but the, the woman sooner or later, if, if, she's, if she's still in her right mind and she ain't been so wounded that she's put up that wall. I don't care whether you call me pretty or not. 
do you got a job? <laughs> right? Some women done passed that, and the, the wall is fine for them. And, and their, their idea of relationship, I become, I'll come from behind the wall when I want to. And you can just pass the paycheck through the little window. Are you listening? All these feelings, you have to understand, they're God-given. To be angry, that's a God-given thing. To be jealous is a God-given thing. Being jealous is, is not a bad thing. But how you use that jealousy can either destroy a life or it can build a life up. Right? We all have some jealousy in us. Come on, say amen. amen. Fear. Psalms 111 verse 10 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And all who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. So fear can be healthy in your life. Love. Matthew 22 verse 37 says this. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. These are healthy. Ephesians 4, 25, verse through 32. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Listen, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry it didn't say you couldn't be angry right it said don't sin when Lee, me and Lisa first got married you know everything was just wonderful 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 then we got in an argument and I did the typical thing you know I'm shutting up shutting up cause I ain't talking about it so I got my little tail up and I went to the couch and I laid right down on the couch, got my pillow, my blanket, and I'm there. And I'm like, I ain't sleeping with you tonight. <laughs> I heard all the mouth, I'm over here, woman. <laughs> About 10 minutes later, Lisa came and crawled right on top of me and laid right on top of me, almost face to face. And she said, let me tell you something. She says, I didn't marry you to sleep by myself. And if you're going to sleep on this couch, I'm going to sleep right on top of you. No, sooner or later, somebody's got to help you stop being a boy and learn how to be a man. Right? I was like, whoa. And then I, that was a humble feeling getting off that couch and like going to the... <laughs> I was like, hmm. Now, I don't like that feeling. You know what I mean? I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. Mm -mm. I just didn't know how to handle some of my emotions. I didn't know how to deal with my feelings. Then I got a check from a woman who understands grace. A woman that could make me better. And so that, that consciousness for me, I was like, whoa. Because we should want to be better in this life. Amen. Say amen. amen. Genesis 37. So Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. 
we're buying sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose up and stood upright while your sheaves <laughs> gathered around mine and bowed down to it. They did not jump up and down and say, oh, we're so glad. What a wonderful dream. Can't wait to serve you. Can you serve you, please? No, they were, they were jealous. You know, jealousy can actually play a huge part in destroying people's lives. Fear, 1 John 4:18 says this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So yeah, we can have a fear of the Lord, but yet there is a fear that could torture you if you're not careful. Love. 1 Timothy 6-10 through 10 says this. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Do you know that you can love something and it not be right for you? The love, some people quote that as the love of money is the root of all evil. It, it, that's really not the translation. The translation is the love of money is the reason behind all kinds of evil. Right? But is love bad? Mm-mm. No. So all of these emotions can work to the flesh or they can work to the spirit. What we have to learn is how to balance those emotions. So that they work for us. Now Isaiah 5 verses 20 says this. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Psalms 103 verse 7 says he made known his ways to Moses. His, his deeds to the people of Israel. Now listen. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. Slow. To anger. Didn't say he didn't get angry. Just said he's slow to anger. He's abounding in love. He will not always accuse. Or nor will he harbor. His anger. Forever. Can I tell you that. Some of your problems is. Is that. If you let these feelings go unchecked that are by flesh, then what they wind up doing is they destroy you and not the thing you're angry at. Hmm? It only destroys you. It doesn't destroy what you're angry at. It only destroys you. When you suppress these feelings, it leads to your own destruction. That's why it's so important that we understand the way that God has made us, the way that he designed us so that we don't let these things become unchecked. Who do you spend more time with than anyone else on this earth? Yourself, that's true. And then there's this ability that God gives us that he creates in us the, the need to be desired or wanted and we have a, a, a spouse. But can I tell you that that, that nobody in my generation ever sat me down and explained to me anything about a woman. Right? They never sat me down and explained anything about this beautiful creature called woman. All I knew is that I seen a bunch of them and I wanted them. There was a time I wanted them all. <laughs> Don't get him in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Man, I was like, I was thanking the Lord for all these beautiful creatures. Right? But nobody ever sat me down and told me anything about a woman. Right? I know nothing about anything. I, I, I just, the only thing that the church told me is that I could only have one and I needed to hurry up and get them so I wouldn't die and go to hell for fornicating. 
A lot of, a lot of guys just said, hey, you'll do. <laughs> there was no teaching. There was nothing that, 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 that told us any responsibility uh, about how that we were supposed to love this woman. And it messes up a lot of people. Right? I'm sure that they didn't set a lot of you women down and say, hey, this is how you live with a man. Right? They didn't give you any instructions that comes with these great packages. <laughs> there were no directions. Right? So you had to try to put him together the best you could. And then realize that all the parts don't fit. <laughs> this one's defected. <laughs> I'm sending this one back and get some better directions. I'm putting it together before I buy it. Right? So... Ephesians 5, 33, So, I'm going to show you something. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. I'm going to help you. I want you to see it. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. See, the difference in the way we are made is important. If you look at this, you'll understand. Men need something to love. Men are tasked. Orientated. Men need to build. They need to accomplish. They need to conquer. A man who has no drive is a lifeless man. Listen, if I can help some of you, your homes can be different. You can start at a different level. The fuel that drives a man. Fuel. What, what drives this man? When a, a man is supposed to love a woman, God says, man, love that woman. So there's, there's, there, there has to be this understanding of, of what the fuel is. And a lot of women, they miss it. They miss it. Because the fuel that drives a man, that defines how he loves, is respect. A man cannot survive without respect. He can't truly live if there's no respect in his life. He don't have no energy for anything if there's no respect. If you want to destroy a man, take away his respect. And you'll see a man reduced down to nothing. Do you understand that God didn't tell the woman to love her husband. He said respect him. Because when you respect a man, he interprets it as love. He didn't say, wives, love your husband. He said respect your husband. Because for men, we interpret respect as love. See, most men, you get, you get in their crawl when you disrespect them. Y'all some silent men in here. Did he, are y'all behind the wall? <laughs> you can't speak. Huh? Men, men desire respect. Now, now, now listen. There's a way that you should approach a man. There's a way that you should talk to a man. Listen, listen, ladies, if, if you learn this principle, 
You're going to get a, a lot more accomplished in your life, when, especially when it comes to men. Listen, there, there's, there, there's a way that you talk to a man to get the best out of that man. Men are problem solvers. Listen to me, lady. You might, you're smart. You already have figured it out. You already know what to do. The problem is, is that you tell him. You shouldn't tell him. You should just bring it up and say, hey, what do you think? And if you steer him in the right direction and you let him be the problem solver, then you are going to be a smart woman. If you're constantly telling him how to fix it, you need to do blah, 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 blah. You need, this is the way, no, no, no. If, if, if you are smart enough to let him think he figured it out and then praise him for figuring it out and admire him for figuring it out, he will cross to the ends of the ocean for you. Now, you can't do that if you've built so many walls up in your life, hmm? if you're full of bitterness and anger, hmm? you ain't going to let nobody... Mm. No. All y'all going to do is stay in the same house and exist together and pay bills. But you ain't going to live. Come on, talk to me. Ain't going to be no sugar, 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 sugar. All it's going to be is drive-bys. <laughs> Drive-by shooting. You know how quick that is. Boom, boom. That's it. That's all right on the tape right there, Pastor Drew. They, they might get a kick out of that one. Drive-by. Right? No. So this, this consciousness of, uh, of feelings, you have to first of all understand how people are made. And in our homes sometimes we, 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 we don't recognize that women are made different, men are made different. But all the feelings that are inside of us come from the Lord. And that's how he distinguishes between the male and the female. She's not supposed to be just like you. When, when, when a woman has to take all the responsibility in the home, just like we talked last week, a woman gets up and she works. Now, she's educated. She's, 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 she's got a job. She works eight hours. She works ten hours. She comes home. She, she does the clothes. She takes care of the kids. She handles homework. She does all these things and, and cooks up and cleans and all. And her day is extremely, extremely busy. And then a man comes home. And doesn't understand all the roles of what she's had to do that day. Then what we do is we lose sight. And especially when it comes to discipline. And she's the one that has to do all the discipline with kids and things of that nature. Then all of a sudden, don't be surprised if she gets to nature like a man because you keep treating her like one. Don't get surprised when she gets a little bit mouthy. She's the one handling everything. And then when you come back and critique her over the way that she's... How's that working out for you? Hmm? Hmm? Ain't that true? Getting quiet in this Baptist church. <laughs> right? And so we, we have to understand how to take pressure off of our wives, how to enhance them. We have to, a, a woman has to know how to enhance her husband to get the best out of her husband. And listen, if we understand that these feelings are real, then the way that we 
minister to our wife and the way that we minister to our husband is because we've tasted. We should know what's, what's good. See, I know my wife loves flowers. I know it. I know she loves me to cook. I know she loves me to go watch Disney movies. <laughs> but I, 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 why would you go and, and, and do all can I tell you, I've gone to a many a movie that I, look, I went to the movie the other night, and it's up in Greenville, and the bar was open. <laughs> How do you know you don't want to be at the movie, really? It's because that bar looked really good, people. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I'll get through it. Right? But, but what do you do the things that you do? You, you do them because the person that you love, that's something that they, they love. And so if we go into a mall or something like that, Lisa will automatically say, uh, you want to go to Williams and Sonoma? I say, yes, I do. And then if I'm in there and I stay too long, she'll say, you know what, my love? She says, me and Mary Abigail, we're going to go right down here to little buckles or whatever you call those little places. And she says, you just stay right here and have a good time. And I'm like, thank you very much. And so I go pick up every one of the spices, the sauces. I ain't planning on buying anything because, you know, it's too expensive. You know what I mean? But I like to look. (laughs) Feelings. How do you deal with your feelings? How do you get your feelings and check, how do you deal with conflict in your life? How do you deal with anger in your life? All of these things are going to help determine how peaceful your life is going to be. You understand? If you can't get your anger in check, you're going to be a miserable person. Right? If you don't know how to love the right way, you're going to be a miserable person. If you don't know how to love the right thing, you're going to be a miserable person. It starts with loving the Lord. Listen, I don't care how messed you are. You can be as crazy as a looney tune. If you will just start loving the Lord, I promise you, he is going to balance out your life. Now look, as the musicians come, Do you know that just as I believe every woman wants to be the desire, the beauty of her husband, every man should want to be a hero. You know, I like watching action movies where the hero wins, you know what I mean? Fights through all the opposition, gets your adrenaline up, and you're like, yeah, the good guy wins, right? Well, sir, if that's the way that you will treat your family, then you can experience that feeling for real instead of watching it on the screen. Right? That should be our goal. Be a hero. Rescue a life. Save a life. Something about the light in a woman's eyes when you come home should be something that we try to obtain. For women, hey, you should be treated special because you are special. Come on, say amen. What does uh, submit really mean? Does that mean do what that man tells you to do. No. Now, if you got a good man, he's never going to talk to you like that. Right? Uh, men, good men don't talk to their wives that way. They just don't. What does submission mean? Submission simply means 
to allow yourself to be loved. Just allow yourself to be loved. It's what our Heavenly Father is saying to us. Just let me love you. That's what He wants. He just wants to love us. That just comes from a heart that's yielded to Him. Because trying to wade through all these things, man, trying to figure it all out on your own, that's really difficult. I have found that if I just love the Lord, that there's some things that He just reveals. And I don't have to labor as long for it. Falling in love with Him changes your life. Amen. And when you fall in love with Him, Spirit begins to bear witness with Spirit. And then you begin to see things much clearer. Do you know that the Pharisees studied the Scriptures and studied the Scriptures and studied the Scriptures? But Jesus looked at them and said, You read the Scriptures all the time. And they speak of me. But you still don't know who I am. Do you know you could go to church for 30 years and never come into that revelation I want to tell you something somebody listening God loves you God cares about you God cares about what you're experiencing about what you're going through and listen he's not just trying to take all those feelings out of you what he's trying to do is to allow you to feel so that you know that you are alive and listen that pain is supposed to be there because that tells you something is wrong and when you know something is wrong in the flesh and you hurt what do you do unless you're a stubborn man you go to the what right I said unless you're a stubborn man right well if you know there's something hurting inside of you I know a doctor he's a great physician Amen. and let me tell you something you can be sick in your head just like you are your body but Jesus said, you know what? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? He's anointed me. Why? Do you know the Scripture says that He came to heal the brokenhearted? I want you to just take a moment. It's 1157. And I just want you to just take a deep breath. And Father, I just ask that you just overshadow this atmosphere. Some people are struggling in some stuff. And I ask, Lord.